You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And I'm so excited to announce that this is one of our first podcasts here in our brand new studio. And we have two of the sharpest young men that I've ever been around uh, on our podcast today. I'm so excited to hear what they have to say and really the mission at hand. But we're here with uh, Justin Liquier and Jimmy Coleman from Mako Medical. Now to tell you a little bit about Mako Medical, you know, modern business can be full of sharks, right? One North Carolina company embraces that. Not only embraces it, it's their logo. Um, Mako Medical Laboratories is a full-scale medical lab service uh, business that serves uh, doctors, urgent care facilities, hospitals all around the USA, and it's headquartered right here uh, in Raleigh. Mako Medical has won a dozen major awards and has been named the fastest growing company in the Raleigh-Durham area for over three years in a row, which is amazing. But even more than that, it's known for its charity outreach, supporting missionaries, and even a whole division of the company that only hires veterans, which is fantastic. So thank you, Justin. Thank you, Jimmy, for joining us on our Brand Butters podcast in our brand new Brand Butter Studio. That's right. That was impressive, man. I did not see that coming. Yeah, that was good. Uh, he, we're he professionals comes, here. <laughs> he comes strong with the intros, man. Wow. J- Justin, Jimmy, thank you wow, guys for, for being here. I mean, this is really a lot to wrap our heads around. And, and for our listeners, just tell us more about what Mako Medical does day in, day out. Yeah, no, thanks for having us, guys. Um, Man, where to start? So about four years ago, we started in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, We wanted to make a huge impact and saw a sweet opportunity when it came to the lab space. You've got two powerhouses that own the world when it comes to this industry, um, and there needed to be a third competitor. Many people would run, but to us, that excited us. So when we were building out the company, we were thinking, okay, how can we base everything we do around an impact? So we built the company really based off of, and when I say we, it's not Jimmy and I. Uh, Jimmy and I jumped on board pretty early, but our founders are Chad Price and Josh Arant. Um, And they decided to build the company on three core pillars. One was we're a strong faith-based company and unapologetic about it. Um, Good. We actually, uh, yeah, we had a Bible verse on on our banner in the North Carolina parade. And, you know, that's just something that we strongly believe in. And so we started funding one missionary family that turned to five, that turned to 10. And now we uh, support over 70 missionaries in 20 countries. And the goal is to continue that. Right. Um, and so it's exciting. Those are the things that wake you up at 5 AM and help you work 16 hour days. When you're looking at a letter from a missionary saying, because you helped sponsor us, we're able to make a global impact. Um, another big one for us is, uh, when it comes to logistics, we saw a lot of labs were using FedEx, UPS, uh, a third party courier system. We said, how sweet would it be if we hired a military veteran to come into the account, wore blue scrubs, had an American flag patch on one shoulder, their military branch patch on the other shoulder. They loved on the account. They provided supplies. They picked up the samples. They came when you wanted. They knew everybody's name. And so it started with one person, and um, everyone was so receptive to it. It turned to 50, and now we've hired over 100 veterans in the last four years, one of the largest veteran employers. And um, Obviously, it's a small percentage of population are veterans, but it's been extremely rewarding, and it works out well because our CEO's brother is actually in the military as well, uh, and he oversees the whole entire division. His name's Adam Price, and um, so that's been extremely rewarding because many times they get out 
of the uh, out of serving uh, in the military and they want to have that camaraderie and they want to have those relationships and we recreate that. And so sometimes it's army joking on the Navy, joking on the Air Force guys, but we've recreated that community and that's been awesome. It's great for our accounts as well. And the third pillar for us was nonprofits and charities, right? I tell people this all the time. If you drive down the road 10, 15 miles, you're probably going to pass by a hundred awesome charities or nonprofits that are making an impact or even a couple thousand dollars would drastically change the situation that they're in or the impact that they can make. And so we decided that as we gain accounts, we'd allocate a portion of our profits of every account that we get to a nonprofit or charity in the community. So a huge uh, responsibility we have is find out who's making a huge difference, mainly even the smaller ones, right? Where a couple thousand dollars would change everything. Um, And then as we gain accounts, we give them residual donations, right? We're kind of past the days where you give $50,000, you get a picture in the newspaper and you leave. Nonprofit and charities now are like, man, if you could give me $500 for the next five years every month, uh, that would change everything for us. And so that's really the three core pillars that we built the company on was faith, uh, community impact, veterans. And here we are, God's really blessed us. We uh, now service over 50,000 doctors across the nine states that we serve, uh, right around 500 employees, and, um, I mean, we just couldn't be more blessed. What a heck of a story. And you said you started how many years ago? Just, uh, just hit four years. Just four years. Four years. Man, yeah. that's a lot to accomplish in four years. <laughs> I know. We're way behind, man. Don't look at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn, Brian. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've only been here three years. Give me another year. Thank you. That's Appreciate right. it. One this is the big year, year yeah. for you guys. Big year, guys. <laughs> Going 2019. Here we go. 500 employees. All right. Um, you know, one thing I want to, I want to talk to you guys about, it's, it's so interesting to hear a company bring their kind of their business plan to the table, but have three pillars that have nothing to do with business, right? It's, it's all about your community. It's all about your veterans. It's all about nonprofits. And that drives the business. Obviously your product is great and what you guys do and not necessarily a product, but what you guys do is awesome, but you don't find a lot of companies that make that stand. And that's, I think what's made you guys grow, but I want to jump into your CEO and really how he created Mako. Um, you know, in doing a little bit of research, you know, his, his, uh, the CEO's sister had special medical needs and really tell me about how he decided to, to come into this and then how did it really grow from there? Wow. Um, lots so of stuff. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of different stories around that. So, uh, one of them is that, uh, you know, Chad was looking at doing a chicken farm or a, a lab, and he chose a lab. <laughs> Dang. Um, and and he, so he, there's so many jokes that go around about, like, why lab? And and so we joke about that one, and Chad, Chad always jokes around that. It's just way, way easier to, uh, you know, make friends if you say you own a lab versus a chicken farm. Much wow. more attractive, uh, yeah. for sure, to say that. That's, that's yeah. the best way to say it. So, um, but Can't no. make chicken sexy, huh? Yeah, hey. <laughs> It's tough. <laughs> but no, um, you know, it, it's kind of neat because in the industry you have, uh, we saw a need. So there's industry where there's 70% of the market is saturated by two companies. And then the rest of the market is pretty much like specialty labs. So labs that can only do this certain kind of testing and this certain kind of testing, usually pathology, toxicology, advanced lipid testing, things like that. Um, and so as you can imagine with, uh, you know, 70% of the market share covered by two companies, uh, there's a lot of market dissatisfaction. Um, you have two huge companies, blockbusters, if you will, or think of a best, the best scenario, uh, example is like cable companies. Like why do they even have to care? They have a monopoly on the market. Right. And so we saw a need to, um, create a lab that was uh, more tailored towards like independent physicians. So, um, you know, these hospitals are getting 
pretty solid service. They have contracts. The the C-suite is talking to the C-suite of the hospitals. You know, C-suite of X-Lab is talking to the C-suite of the hospitals, and they're getting great service because of that, and they can call in directly. Um, but when it comes to independent physicians, um, who, by the way, are, are struggling in a lot of cases, they're getting bought out by the hospitals or going out of business because of the hospitals, no one's really looking out for them. The other thing we noticed, too, is that um, you know, even legislatively, like no one's looking out for them. All the, the hospitals have a lobbyist and they have people making decisions for them. And so um, we're always just trying to find ways, you know, in addition to labs, of course, um, that we can help them. Um, you know, when, when someone calls Mako, a human being picks up the phone, which is usually the case for an independent physician as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And so why would they want to choose a, a lab where if their patients have questions about something, they call and a machine answers that put on hold, listen to the music and all that stuff. It's, it's not. So really, when a, when a physician chooses to use a lab, they're they're not paying for the lab services. It's their patient's insurance that is. So really, for the physician, the decision comes down to who am I OK with representing my practice? Because if I'm a patient and I've never, I don't know how the lab industry works, I just assume that the doctor is the lab. You're right. So who's going to be the best reflection of my practice is what is the decision. And so that's why all these community events that we're doing and things like that, being the local superheroes, uh, it makes a big impact because there's a lot more trust there. We're selling trust. That's really interesting. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. We just had someone walk by our studio, um, which is great. So I wanted to uh, ask both of you, I've gotten uh, not as, as, as long as I'd like to, to spend with you guys, but I have gotten to know you a little bit and, and so impressed with really the head that you guys have on your shoulders and really how you guys drive, not only what you do in work, but really through your relationships, through your friends, you seem to constantly be challenging others to to live a faith-based life, but not only live it, really breathe it. And when you wake up, know what the purpose is. And, and don't just pray, but know what you're praying about. And when you go out into the community, remember that God brought you here for one reason. And I think that's really powerful, especially in the social media world that we live in, where there's so much distraction, right? There's so many people that maybe would challenge you on that faith, specifically with social media around. Tell me how you guys at such a young age have have developed that and really have become mentors for a society and for people your age where you just don't see it. Um, I think, and Justin can relate to this too, I think is, uh, you know, growing up, you know, we're both the youngest of four actually. So we've had a lot of opportunity to learn from a lot of other people's mistakes. Right. And, um, and that's something I've always paid attention to is, you know, this person did this and they created this outcome and, or this person, uh, chose this lifestyle and how's how's that resulted for them and and I'm always kind of asking myself the question why 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 what is the purpose of this right and um, you know we grew up in I grew up in an environment personally where um, you know money wasn't that accessible and I saw what the result of that was and I just putting let's talk about money for a second so um, I became very okay with making a lot of money because I also realized like you can do a lot of good things with money um, I think a lot of people attack money because they don't have it. And so it's the enemy all of a sudden. Um, it's, it's the thing that they lack. So therefore, it's causing the problems. But um, I think being very serious about you know, making money, uh, being very serious about um, looking my best. Uh, so I also experienced uh, within my family how uh, bad health has impacted not just the person that had bad health, but every single person around them. And I said to myself, it will be selfish of me to, uh, to not 
do every do something every single day to to create good health and then and also spiritually as well so it, it, this is kind of leading into something i talk about all the time which is uh the most magnetic people in the world are the people who are obsessed with becoming a, a saint uh first off so you might you might uh you might in some point in your life meet someone who is just like godly. They're a godly person. They're just so well grounded. You just kind of trust every decision they make is a good decision. And you want to be around that person because you know that by being around that person, you become a better person, right? And and those that's a very magnetic person. The other type of magnetic person is someone that is obsessed with their fitness. So like if someone is like looking like God created you to look a certain way and like and, and that person looks like it. And like, man, I wonder what I would look like in, in that version as well. Like, I want to be around that person because they're, they respect themselves so much to look a certain way. And, uh, and so I've had friends in the past couple of years that have given me that impression too. And like, man, I just got to be around that person. Uh, and the other part is people are obsessed with being billionaires. Um, you know, people are obsessed with not, and, and there's different levels of, of uh, reasons why people care about money, right? Like when I graduated high school, I just wanted to make the least amount of money possible that could just be enough to provide for my family someday. Um, and then I realized, you know, things happen to people. Um, bad things happen to good people. And uh, there's never like the minimum amount of money. It's like you have to become wealthy in order to feel that way, I, I think, a lot of times because God can throw in surprises, you know. There could be a surgery that costs $50,000 that insurance is not going to cover and it's life or death and either money up or someone dies kind of thing, right? Uh, just being very real. And so... Um, that, that kind of changed my mindset about money. And then the other thing that did too is um, I saw that there's people who were stroking checks and helping people through money. And I, I, got, I got really encouraged by that. And I saw that I wanted to be that person someday. Anyone can Google who, you know, in 2018, who, who, donated, who donated the most amount of money. And I think to myself, if those people didn't like apply themselves, if they weren't, if they were just um, if they were just doing the minimal amount of work just to provide for their family, then um, there would be a lot of people missing out on, on the gifts that they could potentially provide. And so um, that, that's when I realized it is my, my moral responsibility to um, make as much money as I possibly can, to become a saint, treat, pe treat people saintly, treat myself saintly. And then also look as, as good as I possibly can as well and feel as good as I possibly can and have the most amount of energy. If I'm not treating myself well physically also, I also realize that I'm not um, as polite to people. I'm not as I'm not giving a, my best impression to people either. So, And I, I think kind of going off that, too, because Jimmy just encapsulated it really well is, um, you know, we focus a lot on living every second of our life intentionally. Right. So many people in the world we live in today, they uh, they're living, they're existing, but they're not truly I would say that they're existing, but they're not living. It's really the best way of putting it, right? <clears throat> and so for us, it's uh, planning out your day and understanding how you're spending every hour. You know, are you either building the relationship with your spouse? Are you trying to create a better financial future? Are you working on taking care of your body better? Because at the end of the day, you, your family, your spouse, everybody deserves the best version of yourself. And uh, I think too many people are just living a life and just kind of going with the flow and going to work and coming home and doing whatever, where it's like, you need to be intentional with every second you have. And once you appreciate the time that you have, uh, everything, everything changes. So it, it's really just when Jimmy and I first met each other in Virginia in our hometown, we noticed that we thought the same way at 22 and 23 years old, where most uh, other peers are not thinking on that level. And it's, let's go out and have drinks and let's do this and this. And Jimmy and I were like, man, like, 
how do we create an awesome lifestyle for our future family? How can I impact millions of people's lives? Like that's what fired us up. And uh, it's, it's been sweet to kind of help build this Mako medical empire together. Does that, does that sort of thought process and mindset trickle through Mako? I mean, are you surrounded by folks that are speaking your language? Yeah, I think um, uh, we're blessed to have a lot of visionaries in the company, for sure, right? And so um, I think everyone's been, I, I think from the beginning when I had talked about the three pillars we built it upon, uh, you don't achieve that in four years without having people who are living radical lifestyles, without people who are very willing to sacrifice. You know, I, I think we glorify companies that are extremely successful or hitting milestones kind of similar to how we did without realizing how unbelievably hard and sacrificing it took to get there, right? And so I do think from the top down, they have a very intentional mindset, mindset trying to hire people the same way because you just can't maintain this growth or scale a company the way that we are, I think, without it. Yeah. And uh, it's you been cool, a, too. Yeah. You always attract who you are. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, right. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. And so whether that be us having Bible studies with our teams like we have, like there's like you can call in to do a Bible study to, you know, calling in and loving on each other consistently. You know, a lot of times Jimmy and I will set alarms on our phone to say, hey, have you loved on this sales rep? Have you called this person? Have you called the director of this company? Like, again, being intentional. You're driving home and you got 12 minutes. Sure. Why would you just stare at the road? Why wouldn't you call some your family? Why wouldn't you call someone you work with? Why wouldn't you specifically use those 12 minutes to make a huge impact in someone's life? Well, I called Jimmy yesterday, yeah. so we spoke for about 10 <laughs> minutes on the way home, so it was, it was sweet. And actually, it was an awesome conversation, and I enjoyed talking to you guys. Um, Glad he took your call. Yeah, yeah I know. It's like, right. like, dang it, Jimmy, pick up. I need to talk. <laughs> um, but Justin, I, we've, we've spoke before, and I want to jump back into Mako, but I also want to know, um, kind of tell me a little bit about your life in the, in the beginning and, and, and what made you get to this point? Because you guys both mentioned that both of you guys were kind of attracted to each other by, by just like the thought process and everybody else was more worried about like, well, hey, I'm going to go out and you know get drunk. You guys were like, how can I impact millions of people? That is so powerful, right? And that's something that I think you guys try to share on a daily basis. And that if people really, really had a conversation with you, I think that could change their life. But I want to hear how did you get to that point? What was kind of the beginning that brought you into that and said, hey, man, this is I'm going to be for God. I'm going to be for the people and I'm going to work my ass off to do it. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, Capsule then only a couple minutes can be tough. <laughs> um, a lot of times people ask Jimmy and I, what do you think is the secret formula behind having a mentality like what you have at a young age or just behind anyone who is successful? Right. Like what what makes them different? And uh, I think you can keep asking that question and you'll never find the answer because it just depends. Um I'll give you a perspective from my side is, I don't know if you guys have ever read the book, uh, uh, The Power of Broke by Damon John. Um, I really enjoyed that book a lot because growing up, I, I grew up in a little bit of a tough situation where um, uh, both my mom and dad struggled with some alcohol, addiction kind of issues, mental issues, and got divorced when I, when I was really young. And that turned into a young age, not really having much, really living in, in kind of poverty and a struggle and Thankfully, I had uh, one older brother who was there to kind of help guide me in life. And when Jimmy said I'm 104, that's what I'll always say. But really, it's because I was adopted by my aunt and uncle. They kind of came and saved me from a really bad situation as a young kid um, when they were in a bad situation themselves on food stamps, all of that. But they were strong in their faith. And they were like, look, we trust that that we need to love on you and your brother. We need to take you in and, and God will help us provide for you. And uh, I'm eternally grateful for that. So I think, honestly, like Jesus kind of showed himself first to me by them coming and saving me. Because um, who knows where I'd be if I didn't have that. Sure. So then I, I grew up in a household where 
I then had three older brothers um, who are significantly older than me, so I was able to kind of study their moves, what they did, right and wrong. But at the end of the day, my aunt was kind of everything to me. Uh, I was definitely kind of like a mama's boy. Um, I was very close to her, and it was tough, actually, around Christmas time when I was 13. Um, uh, right around, yeah, right around Christmas time, she actually passed away of a heart problem, mm. something called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, in which she couldn't have it. The, the blood flow to her heart wasn't where it was supposed to be and was completely unexpected. And uh, if you look at my LinkedIn, something I always put on there, I remember one of the last things she ever told me is she said, uh, she always knew I was kind of like an entrepreneurial business-oriented guy. I loved data, I loved numbers, I loved business. Um, and I also cared a lot about human beings because I tell people all the time too, man, when you grow up in a household where you have a mom and dad who's not really existing or doesn't make you feel loved as a young kid, you don't want anyone else to ever experience that. Like, you know what it's like yeah. to be alone. You know what it's like to be in survival mode every second. And almost makes me want to cry just thinking about it because it is it's just a dark, dark place to be. And if you can be cognizant of feeling like that and using that as a motivator, it's great. Many people use it as something that holds them back in life. So you have to make that decision. But uh, one of the last things my aunt ever told me, she said, man, Justin, like you need to take your gift for business and your passion for helping people and put the two together to make an impact. And that was something she told me the night before she passed away. And that sentence has driven me to where I'm at now which is constantly focused on living a life that she would be proud of, that, you know, she brought me to the Lord. She taught me to love on people. You know, she kind of pushed me towards sports and business, which were my only two passions growing up my whole life. Um, and so I, I think that's a, a pretty quick synopsis just as like, you know, when you come from absolutely nothing, you know what it's like to not feel loved. You know what it's like to have no money and to be completely helpless. You realize when you're helpless, you can't help anybody else. So my number one goal was how do I surround myself with people who aren't helpless? So I think we've talked about this a lot, mm -hmm. Brian's like, I grew up on YouTube, man. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> I don't think people understand the power of YouTube. I watched videos for hours and hours every day. I don't care if it was Eric Thomas. I don't care whoever it was. Eric Thomas kind of comes to mind because he fit my mentality when I was younger in high school. But I just wanted to surround myself with what I call wealth mentality or abundance mentality until I created that wealth and abundance. And then now my goal is, okay, as I keep aspiring to do that, how do I love on every other kid who's experienced what I did? right? Because they might not experience what I did with my aunt and uncle coming to save me. So something that Jimmy and I do a lot is we care a lot about mentorship. So if that means I got to stay up late or I have to travel far to go and speak to eight random kids at a high school, knowing that one of them, I might say something that gives them that puzzle piece to completely, completely alter their whole entire life. Uh, then that's what we want to do, man. And so I, I, I just think it was, it was that nothing to something to aspiring to continually be better and better, but I have to impact people. And I think sometimes you have to sit down and ask yourself, man, like what fires you up when you wake up in the morning, right? And for Jimmy and I both, it was impact tons of people. And if we impact tons of people, the wealth, the, you know, the lifestyle, kind of everything else comes from that. But you just can't necessarily be tied to the outcome and love what you're doing. And so that's why we built it around this whole social impact then make tons of money because we knew the money would come if you were making the impact yeah uh, amen <laughs> i mean <laughs> honestly you guys are amazing guys um it, it's the story is incredible um i love that you guys have taken really your whole entire life and now and, and pushed it to where you want to be right like that's really neat and to also find a company that it, it's it god definitely put you and mako together right? Um, on purpose. And I think that's really cool that, that not only you, you, you preach this, but you also work that on a daily basis. And that's got to make your mission even more rewarding and, and obviously easier. Cause it's not just, hey, I'm building business. Like you're building, you know, the foundation of what you guys want to achieve. And that's, 
Just amazing. Um, what I want to do is talk a little bit to jump back into Mako. It's almost like I'm like, I need, need a minute, you know what I mean? Um, but I do want to talk about Mako because you guys have done some phenomenal stuff the last three years. You mentioned the three pillars and, and those are incredible. But what's next with Mako? You know, right now, it, it seems like you guys are always pushing the envelope and and really the sky's the limit with your company. So tell me, what do you, what do you guys envision? What's the what's the goals moving forward from a, from a business perspective? Um. You know, as of right now, I just I talked about how we want to create a culture where our our sales team is more local superheroes. But uh, uh, at the end of the day, we're we're mainly lab reps, you know. And so uh, in the future, it's it's going to be less lab reps and more healthcare consultants. So uh, speaking, and there's give me an opportunity to talk about something I really like to talk about, which is uh, three levels of salesmanship um, that we talk about. So at the very bottom level, you have your vendors. Um, so vendors are people that, let's just talk about doctors who uh, we're selling to in this case. So a doctor commonly says to vendors, in order for you to talk to me, you have to feed me because you're a vendor and you're not worth my time. Mm. So you need to feed me. Um, so mm. the next level is um, a consultant. Usually a consultant has, uh, they're they're the experts of the vendors. They've earned the respect of the people that they're selling to, and the people that they're selling to can lean on them for advice on things. They like to poke that poke questions uh, their way and, and ask them about things, and they can they can kind of lean on this person and and ask them advice. They they enjoy this person being in their presence, you know, uh, and and it's okay if they're not being fed when when talked to. Um, now the next level though is uh, actually it could be one of three things. It's either a friend, a business partner, or a celebrity. Uh, so, and these are the things you're targeting. So with like a friend or a business partner, this is someone that like the, the doctor is inviting you to, uh, we, have, we have the CEO of one of our facilities that he sent us a text one day. He's like, hey, come by my office sometime. Uh, I'd really like to talk to you guys about things not, not lab or business related. And uh, it turns out he wanted to, he, he saw that we're godly people. He wanted to invite us to, um, you know, create a Bible study with him and other professionals in the area. So how cool is that? That's awesome. Um, Super you know, cool. So how can you how can you create that? Uh, and and this is a person who uh, is also more like business partner now. We're like bouncing ideas. Uh, we're talking about growth, expansion plans, and things like that. They can kind of lean on us for those things because we're not just like we don't just know the lab stuff, but we also have resources outside of labs, uh, business wise, marketing, and things like that. We kind of lean on our strengths, you know. Um, you know, celebrity status, just to touch on that real quick, that's like if you, on a, on a very high level, if LeBron James had my job, he would just smoke me because who doesn't want to do business with LeBron James? Like, yeah, I'll have him be like, please, like, I'll pay you. Come sell me your stuff, you know? Yep. Um, so, um, you know, the way that people can do that on a, on a uh, average Joe level is uh, maybe through social media, you know? Um, if you're very active on, let's say, like LinkedIn or something like that and um, you have posts that are, are getting hundreds of likes, tons of comments, tons of love and shares and things like that. And someone, one of your prospects sees that, um, they see you as a person of influence and people take you seriously in the community. You're local, maybe more of a local celebrity or something like that. And so when you're in their presence, they, they give you much more respect than, uh, than if just a random vendor, um, trying to, you know, talk about the features and benefits of what they're selling. So, I mean, like you guys doing this podcast here, you know, um, there's tons of people that, that can offer what you guys offer as far as like the normal products and things like that. 
Um, but do you have, do they have resources to a podcast that could help them, you know, get their voice out to an audience, you know? So always finding ways to, you know, we, the, the, the friends, business partners, celebrities, they always have something, a scenario where, um, the prospect has more to gain from doing business with you than you have to gain from doing business with them. You want that. that leverage at all times. Um, so that being said, to answer your question, um, we're, we're going to be doing a lot of things that are getting too specific to make sure that we are always having that leverage with our clients and they like us having that leverage because that only means good things for them. Finding ways to help their, their business thrive, you know? Love it, man. And sort of parlaying that into you guys are marketing wizards as well. I, you know, I was running down 40 East uh, heading to Raleigh randomly and I see this car buzz by me. <laughs> And this was after I met you all, and, and it had a shark going down the side and Mako, you know. And, and so when I see you guys, it looks like you're in a click uh, Navy jacket. You always have embroidered logo and scrubs, and you're, you're very adamant about your uniform. So Mako socks. Mako socks. Honest, like, right. so, so on that, where did the name Mako come from, mm-hmm. and why are you such big believers in that side of things? you know, the marketing aspect. Yeah. Um, so it, it's funny. I, I think there's a lot of ways I could go with where Mako came from. I'm going to go with the main one I, I tend to focus on, which is uh, we know that psychologically human beings tend to really connect with animals, right? Uh, if you look at a lot of mascots, things like that, kids, adults, all of them. And part of our impact, and I didn't really talk about this, it's not really one of our three pillars, but it could easily be a fourth pillar is we want to have a mascot that could go to hospitals and love on kids. We want to have a mascot who is out in the community, right? No other lab is ever doing that. Sure. I always say, like, man, study what your competitors are doing, do what they're doing, and then find 50 other ways to beat them, right? right. And so for us, it was like, what's something that they're not doing? Well, they're not loving on the community in that way, and they sure in heck don't have a mascot. So we first off wanted it to be an animal. Um, and so if you actually look up the Mako shark, right, it's kind of known for not really sleeping and for being one of the fastest sharks that exists. And we wanted to be the lab that doesn't sleep. That was the fastest lab. And, uh, so we built it out to where now we have Mikey, the Mako shark. Love it. And, uh, awesome. Mandy, he's got muscles. He's got the huge, I mean, we spent Mikey's all, the man. Yeah. I mean, we spent a, little, a little secret is, yeah. uh. The, the mascot, the head is legit. Like yeah. the guy that made like the raptor yeah. mascot is, is, but the, uh, the rest of it, it's like, uh, it's like the Hulk costume and we put like this great under armor over top of it. That's so, awesome. It's medium. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, man. Um, so which one of you are under the, uh, under the shark's head? Wasn't us. Jimmy, Jimmy has a lot of experience being a mascot back in the day. Not but, a boy. Uh, um, but no, we, we actually have a couple of people back at, at home office that tend to do it. And, uh, it definitely takes a skill. I appreciate them for doing that. But man, like it's cool. We, we even have Mikey to Mako coloring books, right? That we awesome. hand out to kids. We hand them out to pediatric offices that we work at. Again, how can I constantly be different? It's, it's interesting. I don't know if anyone's ever read the book, The Purple Cow. Oh, Jimmy, I love that book. Really? Yes. Yeah. So absolutely. Jimmy's actually one who got me on at the beginning and uh, I need to read it again. I've, I've heard it two times now because we pretty much only listen to Audible. I need to listen to it a third time. But I always like telling people, man, if you're driving up and down a road and you see a cow, you probably don't care because you've seen it before. But if you saw a purple cow, you'd pull over, you would take a picture, you'd be intrigued, you'd be fascinated, you'd be passionate about it. Like you'd be blown away. And how are you doing that in your business? How are you doing that in your life? How are you becoming the purple cow? 
And so uh, it first started with that. And uh, a lot of it came behind the branding genius behind what we do. His name is Bob Perman. Um, he had a lot of experience helping other companies become extremely successful and followed Chad. And he said, man, how cool would it be if you built something from the ground all the way to the end, right? Or turned into some awesome uh, entity that's crushing it instead of doing small projects for a lot of large companies. And so that's what he's done. And so he jokes on like, he uses the word fin in kind of everything we do and um, I, I think he's just really kind of built that mentality around marketing is key. Uh, what we've also done is we have hundreds of cars wrapped in Mako sharks. We get text messages every week, probably, of people saying, "Hey, like, saw your car. They're I everywhere. Just saw your car. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, yeah. we were we were interviewing someone and walked out of a restaurant. Might, might have been training someone, and uh, and there's a family that's about to take a picture in front of our car. And so, like, as we're trying to get in, and so it was, like, cool for the person that we're interviewing to see that, too, you know. And I, I forget sometimes I'm going to the grocery store or whatever, and uh, I see, like, people, like, pointing at us, and I don't really know why. And then I remember, oh, yeah, I'm driving a shark car. Yeah. But And, and we're very on purpose about, like, where we're parking it, too. So, like, even yeah. outside this office today, we parked at – the nearest parking spot to the road so that it's it's like a billboard. People are driving past there like, because why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, we go to a Walmart and we're going to have to sprint a half a mile. But if that means more people see our car, that's all that matters, right? Hey. And and I think that, again, is the culture that we've created in Mako, especially around that branding, is it's like, man, like, how do you make it so when people meet with you, they think you're a partner of the company, maybe even the founder, not just an employee. Right? We get that, Phil, with you guys yeah. every time we're with you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Matter that. of fact, the first time I met, I thought I thought the company was all you all. I really did. Yeah, no. Um, and it, well, I think that's a big thing for us. That's why we wear Mako socks. That's why we have Mako phone cases and jackets and everything. And we ooze it because um, we take pride in it, right? And we treat everyone like a partner. If our CEO was in this room right now, he wouldn't say, hey, this is Justin and Jimmy who are reps. He'd say, these are my business partners. Right? Absolutely. And he'd give tons of credit. And I think that's so cool. We don't do job titles. like It's like, hey, go in make a huge impact, perform well, let's grow this, you know, let's kind of take over. And that just has always been the mentality. And I, and I tell people, Chad is my driver whenever we're at <laughs> <laughs> This is my driver. And he, and he goes with it for five or ten oh, minutes until I it. feel uncomfortable. And I'm like, okay, guys, no, oh, seriously, yeah. like, don't say anything stupid. This is our CEO. Has anybody <laughs> really believed that and been like, well, hey, can you give me some water as well? They're like... All right, we got to tell them. We got to tell them that this is the CEO. You know what? That's a really cool story, though. And and I'm I'm lucky enough to work for for Scott, who has that same mentality where it's 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 not him. It's the whole team. And and when things go wrong, it is him. But when things go right, it's everybody. And that's such a cool mentality. It's kind of that head coach mentality. Um, and that's neat to to see that you guys have such a big company, and he still um, can kind of have that fun and and be grounded. Um, you guys, I mean, before we we kind of close this up, I mean, I could talk to you for forty seven days in a row. I don't know why I picked forty seven, but it's amazing what you guys have done. Tell us, um, A, how can people get in touch with you? If we have listeners that are interested in not only the work that you do, how can they get in touch with you? But also, um, are there any links and things that, that, that go to, to you know your charity work and, and things like that? First off, they can check out makeomedical.com. And then just on a personal basis, I know for myself, uh, LinkedIn's big for me. So just search Jimmy Coleman on LinkedIn. I, I'm told I, I should be one of the first people to show up and then uh, living in Charlotte. And then... Um, yeah, that's probably it. Just LinkedIn. Look me up. Yeah, it's kind of the same. Uh, so I'm Justin Liquier, and that's L-E-C-U-Y-E-R. Uh, it's almost impossible to find me. Also, if you search Jimmy, I'm probably like right there because we're almost brothers. We look pretty much the exact same. Um, but yeah, mainly it's definitely going to our website. Uh, best place to stay in touch with like cool things we're doing in the community is LinkedIn. Um, something we've kind of inspired is a culture of 
uh, building that brand across all sales reps. When you're making an impact in the community, take pictures about it. And you're not doing it in a selfish manner to say, hey, look how great Mako is on doing this, but give them a shout out, right? Build that that build that presence online. Like Jimmy and I have over 50,000 connections combined on LinkedIn, right? And if I can come to a facility and be like, hey, like, let's take a picture. I want to give you guys a shout out. That's a huge value add. And so uh, it's always cool to kind of just see what we're doing through that because that keeps it really up to date. But Mako's website kind of shows exactly what we do, where our LinkedIn's more of why we do it. Awesome, guys. Love it. Thank you very much for hanging with us today. It's a us. Great Thanks story. Guys. We're inspired for sure. I love it. I'll be uh, I'll be looking forward to your book tour, uh, speaking <laughs> tour. Uh, who knows? Maybe you'll be the president of the United States soon. We got everything going. But I appreciate, I appreciate you guys, it. man. And if anybody gets the opportunity to meet uh, Justin and Jimmy, um, definitely have a conversation with them. They're awesome. You'll learn something no matter what your age is. And you guys are a true, uh, you know, inspiration. And to be honest, I'm, I'm a lot older than you, but I look to you guys as a mentor and, and it's awesome to see what you guys do. So keep it up. We will follow Mako. Um, we appreciate everything. And thank you guys for joining us in our Brand Butters studio for the first time on the Brand Butters podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.